What is your purpose in life? What is your life all about? Now, if in response to these questions, you start listing goals or milestones, you may be missing out on something big. Hello, and welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Jade Wu, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today on the show, we talk about values, what they are, and how to use them in four steps to begin living a meaningful life. So, I recently heard from Amy, a former client of mine, checking in just to let me know that she's doing great. I remember Amy well. She's an intelligent, hardworking, social, all around go getter. When she came to therapy, actually, her life looked pretty perfect on paper. But she always felt dissatisfied, like the pieces of her life just didn't quite add up to a whole that made her happy. She felt restless at her high paying job. She couldn't stay in love with her serially monogamous partners, and she felt disconnected from her family, even though she was frequently in touch with them. I remember asking Amy, What are your values? What is your life all about? She started listing goals. She wanted a master's degree. She wanted to move her career into sustainable technology. She wanted to be married within a couple of years. She planned to have two kids. She wanted to lose five more pounds. At some point, I had to gently interrupt her Amy, these are goals, items on a checklist. My question was about your overarching values, your life's meaning. She was baffled. What's the difference? So, amongst my clients, whether they came to me for help with managing anxiety, for healing after loss, or even just sleeping better, this difference between values and goals almost always comes up as an important turning point. For Amy, it was life changing. But let's get back to her question What is the difference between goals and values? Well, imagine you're sailing a boat on the sea, the islands that you see on the horizon. The ones you are working really hard to get to, those are your life's goals and milestones. Perhaps graduating from college is an island you're aiming for, or reading all of Shakespeare's works. Perhaps starting your own business, having kids, buying a house, or any number of goals that you can have in life. Amy had many of these islands behind her, conquered. She also always had plenty on the horizon, driving her to work even harder. Each time she planted her flag on an island, it was temporarily satisfying. That promotion at work was so exciting. But once she had basked in that initial sense of accomplishment, she would look up and realize she was still lost, still unsure where to find that lasting happiness. She always thought that the solution was to start going towards the next island, because if only she could get there, she'd finally be satisfied, right? Okay, what if we zoom out and instead of blindly island hopping, we look up to find the North Star, your North Star, something you believe in to offer a greater direction for your life? Some people value social cohesion, some value knowledge or creative productivity or service to others or connection to nature or any number of things that provide a philosophy and guide the things they do. Your North Star represents your life's values, 
notice that none of these examples of values can be crossed off a checklist. There's no single task you can do or a single achievement you can reach that forever crosses off, say, creativity off your list. Just like the North Star, creativity is something you aim towards, not something you conquer and leave behind. Okay, so values and goals are different, but why is it important to know your values? Having a North Star means that even if you occasionally get caught in a storm, you'll soon find yourself pointed in the right direction. Having values means that disappointments, regrets, conflicts, losses, surprises, all of these things in your life don't take away your life's greater meaning and purpose. Just because you broke up with your long-term partner doesn't take away your value of cultivating emotional intimacy. It hurts for now, but you know this value will guide you towards choices that ultimately lead you to satisfying, emotionally intimate relationships. But if you were only focused on the goal of, say, getting married by 30, then this breakup would leave you with not only the loss of a partner, but of your sense of self. In other words, having value makes you resilient to change. Your values also give you keener eyes for meaningful opportunities. If you rely on your checklist of goals to guide your career, like Amy was doing, you may become so focused on a particular ladder of job titles that, say, halfway through your 30s, you find yourself the vice president of something at a company you don't like in an industry you don't believe in. But if you're guided by your values of personal growth and environmental responsibility, you may meander for a while on a zigzagging path of gigs until suddenly you find yourself fulfilled by a career with a job title that, once upon a time, you didn't even know existed. Opportunity doesn't just favor the well-prepared. It favors those who know, on a grander scale, what they're looking for. Being guided by values as opposed to goals allows you to look back on your life with a sense of fulfillment and pride. You would be able to tell a story of who you were and what you were about. Think of a compelling biography you've read. Was it a list of tasks accomplished or a story of someone exploring something they believed in? All right, now that you're super sold on values being a great way to guide your life, how do you figure out what your values are? So I'll be honest, I think that knowing your values is easier said than done. Many of us have never even really given thought to our values, much less made a systematic effort to define them. But it's never too late. The great thing about values is that they're evergreen. They're also flexible, changing with you as you get older and wiser and more self-aware. This means you can and should revisit your values at any age. And it means no pressure. Defining your values isn't a riddle with only one right answer. There are many answers, and you get to decide what they are. So here's how to get started. Step number one, do a values card sort. Figuring out your values, like many other things, is much easier to start when you have some inspiration. I love the values card sort exercise. It's basically a deck of 100 printable cards that you can Google, each with a value on it such as simplicity, pleasure, nurturance, integrity, 
freedom, fitness, wealth, contribution, patriotism, and many others that I never would have thought of as a value if I hadn't played with this exercise. You can also add your own if a value you have does not appear on the list. The exercise is to shuffle the cards and then go through the deck. For each value, you place it under the category of either not important to me, somewhat important to me, important to me, very important to me, or most important to me, basically on a scale of one to five. Remember, there are no wrong answers. Be honest and take your time. All right, step number two. Now that you've identified preliminarily some values of yours, make sure what you've identified really are values, not goals or obligations. It's really easy to revert to making goals or to-do lists. That's what we're all taught to do to make progress in our lives. So when you're doing the card sort, make sure that any values you've brainstormed really are values. So here are some quick checks to help you. Values are usually single words or occasionally like a two-word phrase. Values by nature are more abstract and vague. So if your value is a whole phrase or includes specific details, such as donate X number of dollars to charity, then it is a goal, not a value. Values cannot be reached as a milestone. If an item on your list could conceivably be marked with a mission accomplished, like run a marathon, then again, that's a goal, not a value. Last but not least, values come from within. Your upbringing and culture shape your values, of course, but ultimately, your values are your own. Look at each one in your very important and most important piles and ask yourself, Where does it come from? Does it pluck a core deep within you? Or is it more something you feel like should be a value of yours? All right, now that you've whittled things down to the true values, it's time for step number three, the moment of truth, which is to rate each value's importance versus your current alignment with it. So once you have your handful of solid values identified, rate the importance of each one on a scale from one to 10, with one being the least important and 10 being the most important. It's okay for all of them to be high on the scale. After all, you've already whittled them down from a list of 100 or more. But try to be very thoughtful and honest with your ratings. Then set everything aside for a day or two and come back to your list of values with fresh eyes. Without looking at your ratings of how important they are, now you will rate yourself on how well aligned you are with each value on the same scale. For example, if you value, say, curiosity, but you know you haven't read any new books or looked into new hobbies or explored anything new for a while, rate yourself modestly. But If you've been getting your hands on everything related to space exploration because you've been really curious about it, then go ahead and rate yourself highly. So that moment of truth and the beginning of growth is when you compare the importance and alignment ratings side by side. Look for big discrepancies in both directions. 
Perhaps you value, say, friendship at a 10. But your alignment rating is a modest 5 because you've been too busy to keep in touch with friends. This is a value you want to work on. It's also possible that you're working harder than you should on a value. If you rated academic achievement at a 6, but you've been studying at a 10 to the detriment of other activities, then it's time to relax and decrease your effort on this value. This can be very liberating because, you know, you get to let go of some things that are not as important as maybe you thought. And last but not least is step number four. Set some value-driven goals. Congratulations, you have now identified your most important values and taken an honest self-assessment of how well you're aligned with them. Now what? For most people, there are at least some values to which they're not so aligned. If you feel like you're doing great on every value, but you still feel generally disgruntled with life, I recommend repeating this exercise after a few days break. You may be missing something. If you do know where you're not aligned, it's time to start adjusting your tiller. This is where goals re-enter the picture. Take just one value to start with and set one or two small concrete goals that would point you closer to true north. For example, if you value spirituality but feel disconnected from it, perhaps make a goal of protecting two hours on Sunday mornings for reflection, reading, and spiritual discussion. So as you work towards your values, be patient with yourself. You don't have to turn your boat around to true north immediately. After all, the ocean is wide and you have a whole lifetime to explore and pursue your values. Allow your values to change over time too. Some values come to the forefront in different seasons of your life and some take a back seat. That's okay. So defining her values is something my client Amy is still working on. She made major progress after doing the values card sort. She realized that she had not been feeding the relationship values she held dearly and that she'd been sacrificing the value of aesthetic pleasure for the sake of accruing achievements. Now she's feeling much more connected with herself now that she's using her values as a basis for gauging success. And she's finally starting to think of her life as a coherent story rather than a user's manual. Are you ready to start taking the same journey as Amy did? Let me know on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm at QDT Savvy Psych and also at Jade Wu PhD. If you'd like psychology tips delivered straight to your inbox, subscribe to the Savvy Psychologist newsletter. You can also make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind.